0: Hello, Bleeding Green Nation,
1: and welcome back to another edition of Eye on the Enemy, powered by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I'm your host, John Stolness. You can follow me on Twitter, at John Stolness. Coming up, the Eagles swing a trade for a quarterback at this stage of the preseason. But yes, they are bringing in yet another arm to the QB factory. We'll tell you who coming up in just a minute. Also, I'm going to give you 10 predictions for the NFL season. This is for the broader NFL. This is not about the Eagles. I'll have a 10 bold predictions for the Eagles coming up this week for BleedingGreenNation.com, and we'll talk a little bit about it on the podcast next week. But uh, for this week, I'm going to give you 10 predictions for things I think are going to happen in the NFL coming up this year. That's this week on Eye on the enemy but before we get to that let's get to the big news of the morning uh, and that is the Philadelphia Eagles have swung a trade for a quarterback i know when you hear that it just feels like hey that's kind of weird but um It's for a third stringer, a third stringer for this year, but it's a name you all know very well. Gardner Minshew, former Jacksonville Jaguars starting quarterback, is coming to the Philadelphia Eagles. The Birds are sending a conditional sixth-round pick to the Jaguars in exchange for Minshew, who will begin the season as the team's third-string quarterback. So Nick Mullins is out. Gardner Minshew is in. Now, Gardner Minshew in Jacksonville – was getting first-team reps. For some reason, Urban Meyer was playing games with Trevor Lawrence and and the quarterback position and taking reps away from Trevor Lawrence and giving them the Gardner Minshew for reasons passing understanding because Urban Meyer doesn't understand how to coach in the NFL. he never will, and the Jaguars are never going to go anywhere under Urban Meyer. So that's not a a prediction. That's just a fact. That's kind of how it's going to go in Jacksonville. But... The Jaguars finally did what everybody knew they would do and named Trevor Lawrence the starting quarterback, and so they had a quarterback that they could move and decided to trade him to the Eagles for a conditional sixth-round pick uh, that will become a fifth-round pick if Gardner Minshew happens to play half the snaps for the Eagles this year, which, of course, everybody is hoping does not happen. And it's kind of a dumb deal for the Jaguars simply because He's the third-string quarterback. It seems to me Hurts and Joe Flacco would have to get hurt in order for Minshew to to accumulate enough snaps to turn that sixth-rounder into a fifth-rounder. Now, I know the Jaguars were playing games when it came to announcing who their number one quarterback is, and Nick Sirianni was doing a little bit of that, too, this year. Not naming Jalen Hurts the official starting quarterback, but... Let's not kid ourselves. Jalen Hurts is the starting quarterback. Gardner Minshew, Joe Flacco, nobody else is going to come in here and take that job away from Jalen Hurts to start the season. He is the team starter, but it does bring into question who will be the Eagles backup if Hurts were to go down. I just mentioned a second ago that he's a third stringer, that he's behind Joe Flacco. Do we know that for sure? Like once Gardner Minshew gets up and running, he's a better quarterback than Joe Flacco. My guess is if, if Jalen Hurts gets hurt early in the season, Joe Flacco is probably the guy. But if it's the middle of the season and Gardner Minshew's been able to start running the Eagles offense, he's been able to start um, getting acclimated to the playbook and everything like that, I would not be at all surprised if Minshew is elevated to number two and he is the guy who starts if Hurts were to be out for four to six weeks or something like that. Be- and, and, let's not, and hey, to be fair to Joe Flacco, he looked pretty good in the third preseason game on Friday. He was dreadful in their second preseason game against the Patriots, but looked much better against the Jets on Friday night. I'm not going to run down his stats for you because it really doesn't matter. It was all against second stringers and third stringers, but the eye test told you that he was playing pretty well. He threw some nice balls, especially the the Ortega Whiteside touchdown ball that he threw. Good stuff there from Joe Flacco. Looked, looked solid in the pocket, and... Looked good against the second and third stringers. How he's how he would perform against the first string defense in the regular season is still very much a question, and I do think Minshew is a better option to start for you if you need a starting quarterback for an extended period of time once Minshew has been in the building for a little while. This could also just be an asset acu- ac- acquisition accumulation thing for Howie Roseman's QB factory, right? I mean, we know the Eagles love to do this. They love to bring quarterbacks into the NovaCare Center. They, they love to just compile these different signal callers, and a lot of times they're not very good. But Minshew has some talent. He could start for somebody. I'm kind of surprised there wasn't another team out there that saw him and thought, you know what, I'll trade a fourth rounder for him, or I'll trade a fifth rounder for him to be my backup, to back up a shaky quarterback. Um, you know, why wouldn't the Saints bring in Gardner Minshew? Are you are they really that enamored with Taysom Hill? They keep they keep trying to give the starting quarterback job to Taysom Hill and he won't take it. Jameis Winston is the is the starter. There's a lot of bad starting quarterbacks in the NFL. There's also a lot of really bad backup quarterbacks in the NFL. I'm very surprised there's a team out there that has some playoff aspirations that doesn't see Nick uh, Gardner Minshew as a a very solid four- to six-week stopgap. If Gardner Minshew has to start 13 games for you, you're probably not going to the postseason. But if you need a guy for a month or a month and a half, that's the kind of guy you want as a backup quarterback because he can win some games for you. You can go three and three in a six-game stretch with Minshew as your quarterback. He can beat some bad teams. He's probably not going to go out there and and beat the Washington football team for you, a a team with a really good defense. Probably not going to happen. He's probably not going to go out there and beat the Cleveland Browns, but... He's a guy that can beat up on some of the lesser teams and, and keep you in some games if you're if you're a good team. So I, I am surprised there isn't another team in the NFL that has a, a shaky situation at backup quarterback or that has a starting quarterback that maybe they don't feel great about that they didn't want to bring him in. Now, a reminder, Gardner Minshew was drafted by the Eagles personnel director, Dave Caldwell. So uh, Caldwell knows Gardner Minshew very well. You look at his PFF grade since 2019, 70.8. That ranks 24th among quarterbacks. And that's, you know, since 2019, we're talking about more than just 30 quarterbacks. You're, you're talking probably, you know, 36, 40 quarterbacks there. So, again, he's not an upper echelon quarterback, but he's decent. He's not bad. Mike Garofalo tweeted that the sixth will become a fifth rounder, as I mentioned, if Minshew plays 50% of the snaps. Um and a reminder, you know, we've got a 17 game season on our hand. This is this we've got an extra an extra week in the season. So having more backup at the quarterback position is paramount. So this costs the Eagles nothing. This is this is a no risk medium reward move for the Eagles. You make all the no risk moves you want to make. You know what I mean? Like there's there's absolutely no reason not to do this if it's all it's going to cost you is a 6th round conditional pick. If you're the birds, I mean, it, it's gets you another voice. It gets you another reliable arm in the locker room. If Jalen hurts, gets hurt and or underperforms and, and something goes wrong with, with Joe Flacco. And again, I think Minshew's better than Flacco once he's, uh, once he's up to speed on everything. So again, a 17 game season, you want to have that depth at the quarterback position. And they're also looking ahead to next year because he could stay and end up being the number 2 quarterback. Flacco is only on a 1-year deal with the Eagles. Gardner Minshew is signed through next year. He's got cap numbers of $897,000 for this year and a little over $1 million for next year. So he he's nothing according, you know, as far as a cap hit is concerned. So lots of reasons to like the move for the Eagles. It sets them up at backup quarterback for next year. It gives them some more insurance during a long seventeen game season with an unproven quarterback and a backup quarterback that hasn't been good in quite some time, and it just gives the it also gives the Eagles another potential trade chip at some point this season, at the trade deadline. If if a team loses their starting quarterback, maybe then if you're the Eagles, you can turn to a team that that suddenly has lost their starter or has lost a very important backup, and you can say, hey, we've got Gardner Minshew as our third stringer. He's not going to cost you anything. What can you give us for him? Can you give us a fifth rounder? Can you give us a sixth rounder? Anything that maybe gives you a little bit more than what you had to give up for him? There's lots of different ways this could all play out, but um, really a, a move that doesn't have a negative. And again, it does not affect Jalen Hurts. It doesn't affect anything. It doesn't affect anything the Eagles are doing with Jalen Hurts at this point. Um, Jalen Hurts is the team's number one number one quarterback. Minshew starts as the number three. He's far better than Nick Mullins. Um, you know, you, you have to have a, a, the Eagles know as well as anyone, you need to have a quality backup quarterback. That doesn't mean you spend a second round pick to draft one, Howie Roseman. Um, but, <laughs> but you, you look at the, you look at the Eagles situation and you say, this just is positives. There's, there's no negative for this. There's no reason not to do it. And, and, It just means maybe the Eagles are also trying to showcase Joe Flacco. Maybe the Eagles are trying to look to move Joe Flacco someplace else. He certainly played a lot on Friday night against the Jets, and he looked pretty good playing. Maybe they're looking to. Maybe there's a team out there that would be interested in giving Joe Flacco one last run as a as a starting quarterback. That's that's not out of the realm of possibility either. So all of those different possibilities exist with Gardner Minshew now in the fold in Philadelphia. But a very interesting move, a surprising move. Certainly we weren't expecting that when we woke up here on Saturday morning, but uh, a move that the Eagles made to bolster their quarterback room and potentially give themselves another asset for this year at the trade deadline or for next year. We'll step away, take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to go over my 10 predictions for the NFL season this year outside the Eagles. Predictions from around the NFL. We'll do that coming up next here on Eye on the Enemy. And we're back with eye on the enemy. So here are ten predictions for the NFL season coming up. These are uh, th- these are in no particular order of confidence, and I'm going to do an Eagles prediction uh, show next week. So I'll give you my ten bold predictions for the Eagles coming up here in 2021. But looking around the league, as I look at the rosters and I, I look at everything the teams are-, are now have in the fold now that the pre now that the the, the preseason is over and training camp is is basically over. I feel like the Cleveland Browns, are going to have the best record in football this year. Simply looking at that roster, they are they're loaded on offense, and they look like they have a really solid defense as well. They've got a very good quarterback in Baker Mayfield. Uh, the front office there in Cleveland has just done an amazing job giving giving the Browns probably the best offensive line in football. Uh, you've got a good offensive line coach there in in Bill Callahan. Uh, between uh, Joel Petonios, uh, J.C. Tredder, Wyatt Teller, Jack Conklin, PFF has has all those guys graded. Super, duper high. I think they said all were among the top two graded players at their respective positions in 2020. That is a ridiculous offensive line uh, to protect Baker Mayfield and to give tons of running space for Nick Chubb and Jarvis Land- I mean, uh, for Nick Chubb and uh, Lamar Hunt to, to, to run through. Baker Mayfield has talent at the wide receiver position. Jarvis Landry was one of the highest, uh, highest graded wide receivers in the NFL last year. And, and you just you, you just feel like at some point, the Baker Mayfield to Odell Beckham Jr. connection is actually going to start to bear some fruit. Beckham Jr. is just too good to continue to be this quiet. I mean, unless unless his production level has just fallen off a cliff, I can't see Beckham Jr. not not coming to the forefront this year. I think this is a year he has a big season for Cleveland. And when you pair him with Jarvis Landry and all the talent they have at the running back position, and then they've got some studs on defense. I mean, Miles Garrett and John Johnson, two of the very best at their positions. I think the Cleveland Browns are going to finish with the best record in football this year. I I think you could be looking at something like a 14 and three record for Cleveland, which is just going to blow everybody's mind. I mean, everybody knows Cleveland has a pretty good football team, but They're ready to take the next step. They are ready to take the leap, and I think they're going to finish with the best record in football uh, this year. In Cleveland, the Cleveland Browns, what a a job they've done putting together an amazing roster. One of the moves I did not love this offseason, I did not love the Rams giving up the farm for Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford is a fine quarterback. He's one of those quarterbacks that is never the problem for your team, but never seems to do enough to really make your team great. You know, like he he's never going to be an issue. He's a fine starting quarterback. He is a middle of the road starting quarterback. He might even be a top 10 starting quarterback. I'm I think of him more as like a top 12, top 13 type quarterback. Why is it all of a sudden him going to Sean McVay and Los Angeles that he's supposed to be this Super Bowl caliber quarterback? What why, why is this the narrative that we're seeing all of a sudden? I I don't understand it. I he was I realized that in Detroit He oftentimes lacked talent. But when Matthew Stafford was in Detroit, he had some talented teams. They went to the playoffs a few times. They were not a one-win team every season that he was there. But every year, I mean, Matthew Stafford suffered some injuries at the beginning of his career, but then became a very reliable starting quarterback. He very rarely missed time. But there's just something missing there. I just feel like there's something missing with Matthew Stafford that he was never able to get any of those Detroit teams over the hump. And yes, they're bad now. and They've been bad the last year or two, but they were not always bad when he was there. So for a Los Angeles Rams team that gets older, that does not have the the top draft picks to continue to infuse the roster with young talent, I don't get the Matthew Stafford in LA hype. I don't see it. I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense to me. and I don't think Jared Goff is going to do anything in, in Detroit either. So I don't think Detroit is exactly crowing about it. But you know to give up to give up the picks that they gave up uh, to, to bring in Matthew Stafford doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, This is LA going for it. They didn't believe in Jared Goff anymore, and they feel like Matthew Stafford can be the guy to finally get them over the hump and get them the Super Bowl that they were not able to get a couple of years ago. I am not seeing it. I don't even know that I think the Rams are going to have a winning record this year, especially in a brutally tough NFC West. Uh, my third prediction: Lamar Jackson and the Ravens will bounce back in a big way this year. John Harbaugh, I think is I think should be in the Hall of Fame. Nobody thinks about him as a Hall of Fame coach. I think John Harbaugh is a borderline Hall of Fame coach. One of the best in football for sure. Uh, and I think Lamar Jackson, he he took a step back last year, wasn't quite as effective. I think defenses learned to scheme him up a little bit. I think Harbaugh is a brilliant offensive mind. He's got he's got great coaches there. I wish they would give Lamar Jackson a little more talent around him, but I do think that offense is going to be good enough for them to make the postseason once again. They might not win the division because I think the Cleveland Browns are going to win that division. But I just believe in the Ravens. I believe in John. More more than anything else, I believe in John Harbaugh. I'm a John Harbaugh believer. Always have been, always will be. This next prediction you're not going to like very much. Uh, Prediction number four. The Dallas Cowboys just feel due, don't they? The Dallas Cowboys will finally get back to the NFC Championship game this year. I am not looking forward to this. I'm going to hate every second of it. But as an Eagles fan, whose team is probably not going to the postseason, it will, be, it will be nice to have a rooting interest in the playoffs. And by rooting interest, I mean a team to root against. We will have an enemy to root against in the postseason, and that is the Dallas Cowboys. They're due, guys. The Dallas Cowboys are due to make a playoff run. They just are. They have not been to the NFC title game since the 1995 season, and that was... Remember, folks, that was the end of Bill Clinton's first term in the White House. It has been an insanely long time for the Dallas Cowboys. They've won some games. They've won some playoff games. They've made the postseason a couple of times, but they've never gotten past the divisional round since that Super Bowl win in 19, after the 1995 season. With Dak Prescott back and a very good offense, the defense is still suspect, but I think Dan Quinn... We'll get that defense to play better. Micah Parsons has been all the talk in dallas this uh, this off season, their their first round pick as far as being a a difference maker for that defense. The last thing we need is for Dallas to develop another linebacker to terrorize the Eagles year after year, but that seems to be the bed we've we've they've made for us. I just feel like this is, a, this is a Dallas team, and I'm a little bit worried about Dak Prescott's health, too. I know that there have been some issues with him uh, this offseason, a little bit of worry, a little bit of concern on, on Cowboys fans' part that maybe Dak Prescott isn't 100%. I feel like Dallas's offense is primed to put up a big season, and all the defense has to be is average. If the defense is just average, the Cowboys could win 11 games. They could win 12 games. And they could go on a playoff run. You know, you give them a home game, and then they win a game on the road. Not out of the realm of possibility. I don't like Mike McCarthy. I think their coaching staff is suspect. I, I don't think it's a Super Bowl team. But I think this is a team that gets back to the NFC Championship game this year. Simply, simply because I think they're, they've got a good team, and they're due. I think they're going to win the NFC East. And they're due to get back to the NFC Championship game. It has been a long time. It has been a long time, so I think this is the year it happens. And I think they lose the NFC Championship game. I mean, we'll have to see who they play, um, depending on who they play. You know, if they get if they get like a, a random wild card team, then may, and they get a home game, then maybe they win that game. But that's putting the cart before the horse quite a bit. I know this is not something you want to hear, Eagles fans, but. Prepare yourselves. I feel like they are way overdue for a playoff run, and I think it happens this year. Dallas Cowboys will get back to the NFC Championship game. Prediction number five, Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills take a step backward. His emergence, Josh Allen's emergence last year at quarterback was amazing. He was phenomenal while he was on the field. And it really was incredible to see his progression from one year to the next. He looked like a totally different quarterback. All of the mistakes that he had made in his, um, in his what was it, his rookie season that he took them to the playoffs, where he was uh, really up and down, those were all gone. He just, he matured and learned how to play the position and was a, was a, true playmaker for a surprise Bills team that won the division title it was a great story last year the Bills were a great story everybody was rooting for Buffalo to go on a playoff run it didn't quite happen and I'm left to wonder whether or not what Josh Allen did during the 2020 season was it a fluke or can he sustain it and I'm guessing he comes back to earth a little bit I don't think he's going to be kind of like Lamar Jackson came back to earth last year for the Ravens. I see a similar. I just don't know that Josh Allen can play that well again. Now, maybe he does, and he truly inserts himself as one of the top five elite quarterbacks in the NFL, because if he does that this year, that's what he is. But I'm skeptical that Josh Allen has as good a year this year as he had last year. Because remember Patrick Mahomes' uh, Super Bowl winning season when he had like 50-some-odd touchdowns? He came back to the pack a little bit last year, right? You saw that uh, Lamar Jackson came back to the pack a little bit last year. I think the same thing happens with Josh Allen. I think he comes back to the pack a little bit this year. I think the Bills are still good. I think he's still a good quarterback. But I think it's a little bit closer in the AFC East, and depending on how Tua plays in Miami, that could be, and and who knows how Cam Jones plays for New England. I'm not a big New England guy, but I think that's going to be a very close division once again. I don't think the Bills run away with the AFC East, mostly because I think Josh Allen does come back to the pack a little bit. Prediction number six, the Saints are going to be bad this year, guys. Jameis Winston is, is their starting quarterback. They named him the starter this week. He's not a winner. I don't care how good a coach Sean Payton is, and Sean Payton is a very good coach. You cannot win with Jameis Winston. You just can't. I think think the Saints fail to win seven games this year. I think this is a six-win or under team. I think it's a rebuilding year for New Orleans. It's going to get ugly there. They've got issues with Michael Thomas, at wide receiver. He's not happy to be there. Alvin Kamara is there, and so that gives you a shot every week. But this is a team that is ready to implode. The Saints are going to be bad for a couple of years, and I think this is the season that it truly— that it truly starts to look awful for them. Jameis Winston is your starter. You're not going to win football games with Jameis Winston as your starter. Prediction number seven, Daniel Jones is replaced at midseason at quarterback for the New York Giants. This is a referendum year for Jones, and I think the referendum will be he ain't good because they've got a ton of talent there in New York, and if Daniel Jones can't make it work, he's done. And I don't think they're giving him the full season. If he isn't showing that he can win, that he can carry this team to some victories by week seven or week eight, Joe judge is not going to keep him in there any longer. So I would not, I'm expecting the Daniel Jones era to end in New York by midseason. And if you're looking for a team that could be interested in an upgrade at quarterback, maybe it's the giants who come asking about Gardner Minshew around the trade deadline. I mean, that, that might be a little soon in the season for them, but Daniel Jones is going to have to show something off off the top right at the start of the season in order to, I think, convince the Giants that maybe they shouldn't be looking at something else at quarterback when the trade deadline rolls around. I just don't think Daniel Daniel Jones has the juice, gang. All right. Prediction number eight. The Kansas City Chiefs will break the Super Bowl loser curse, but just barely. And now I was looking this up. It, it, it generally speaking is the case that the team that loses the Super Bowl, as long as they're not named the New England Patriots, the team that loses the Super Bowl very rarely gets back to the playoffs the next season. Now, that has happened more often than not, but it is not an every year thing, as I, as I had thought. It happened, It's happened a lot recently, and there was a string of years, say from like 2002 to 2012, where it happened a lot. But over the, over the last, say, 10 years or so, it's happened less. And so it's happened the last couple of years, for sure. Uh, The Rams, when they lost to the Super Bowl, failed to make the playoffs the next season. In fact, I'm I'm looking at it right now. So uh, it happened a lot. From 2000 to 2007, it happened every year. The Giants lost in in 98. So starting in 98, after, after Super Bowl 33, when the Falcons lost to the Broncos, they failed to make the playoffs in 1999. After the 2000 season, the Giants didn't make the playoffs in 2001. The Rams lost the Super Bowl in 2001. They failed to make the playoffs in 2002. The Raiders, after losing the Super Bowl in 2002 went four and twelve in two thousand and three the following year the Panthers when they lost to the Patriots, they failed to make the playoffs in two thousand and four. The Eagles, when they lost to the pa- the Patriots in super Bowl uh, thirty uh, nine uh, went six and ten the next season in two thousand and five. The Bears when they lost the Super Bowl, went seven and nine the following season in two thousand and seven then it happened in two thousand and eight when the Patriots lost the Super Bowl. They went eleven and five, but that was the year Tom Brady got hurt, and Matt Castle had to start for them, so they missed the playoffs so it happened a lot during those seasons but Since from from 2010, the team that has lost the Super Bowl has gone back to the postseason the following year, every year from 2010 to 2018. So this is not an every year thing, and it hasn't been during the course of this decade. So I think the Kansas City Chiefs will avoid that curse. I think they will get back to the playoffs this year. They're just too good not to, and they play in a weak division. I know the Broncos have some, some talent at other parts of their roster, but their quarterback situation is awful. I'm not a John Gruden believer, and... I think just the Chargers are really the only team that can mount a true challenge to them in the AFC West prediction. Number nine, Carson Wentz will take the Colts to the playoffs and the Eagles will get a first round pick. I know a lot of you folks don't want to hear about Carson Wentz taking the Colts to the playoffs, but it looks like he's going to be ready to play week one. If he does, I think the Colts will end up going to the postseason, which, you know, nobody really wants to see. Well, I want to say that Carson Wentz makes the playoffs. Fine. Whatever it does hurt the first round pick. The Eagles will get back from the Colts, the the, the better they are and the further they go in the playoffs. But... A first-round pick is a first-round pick. And if Carson Wentz takes the Colts to the playoffs, the Eagles will get that third first-round pick that they were after. I think that will happen. I think Carson Wentz has a decent season for Frank Reich, and they probably make the playoffs as a wild-card team. And then prediction number 10, the Houston Texans will go winless in 2021 with all of the nonsense going on with Deshaun Watson. uh, Tyrod Taylor is their starting quarterback if Deshaun Watson doesn't start the season at QB. That team's a disaster both on the field and off the field and even in a 17 game season. A 17 a week in which you, a season in which you have 17 games to try and get a victory, I'm going to go ahead and predict the, Texans, the, the Houston Texans don't win a single game in 2021. All right, folks, that's going to do it for this edition of Eye on the Enemy. Make sure that you're checking out everything that we are doing every day on bleedinggreennation.com. We have a little bit of a gap now between the end of the preseason and when the regular season starts. So uh, we'll keep you up to date on the latest news and rumors and notes going on with the Philadelphia Eagles if, in case they make any more trades for any more quarterbacks. We'll be able to give you all of the updates that you need at bleedinggreennation.com and make sure to check out every podcast we do here at the Bleeding Green Nation podcast feed. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time here on Eye on the Enemy.
0: P.G.N.